Hello, one and all, and thank you for joining me for episode 65 of Near Perfect Pitch. My, oh, my, oh, my, I've got absolute litany of stuff to get to today. Uh, I spent this morning running around like a blue-arse fly in the basement trying to gather some music uh, with a semblance of organisation, and, uh, well, you'll see uh, the fruits of that in the next three, three and a half hours or so, see if I did a reasonable job or not. Um, lots of new releases to attend to, so why don't we start with that and say that uh, this is all about 99%, because you know me, I changed my mind like I do my underpants, which is frequently, by the way. Um, Weaves, something new uh, from them, uh, something new from uh, Even As We Speak, a Peel Session that's just been released. We've got uh, some new material from Frightened Rabbit, uh, uh, MMO'd, uh, some wonderful new stuff by uh, Liverpool Outfit Professor Yaffle, and if you know your bag puss, you know your Professor Yaffles. Uh, some interesting material from uh, Catholic Action. Uh, our cover version of the week this week is uh, by Deftones, doing the Smiths. We've got our obligatory fall art track, weekly peel, our essential wax, tinterweb time, and a whole load of other magical components that constitute near perfect pitch. Here's some cast. <laughs> Time to be me Give me the space that I need Give me a reason to be Give me some time to be I gotta open my eyes to see Give me the air that I breathe Give me the taste that is sweet Feeding the space that's in me
last year's WLP in memory of that is Catholic Action and uh, a track called L-U-V that was preceded by their sixth single from 1997 of their second LP, Mother Nature Calls that was cast from Liverpool John Power fronted band and uh, a single called Free Me Crikey, got the show off to a bit of a good start there didn't I really, let's keep going shall we, here's some James (laughs) 
man, I haven't heard that in a long old while. That's Philadelphia's Book of Love with their fourth single from 1987 that features on their debut self-titled LP. That is uh, Modigliani, Lost in Your Eyes. That's the seven-inch remix uh, of that particular track. And before hearing that uh, beauty by Book of Love, we heard James, Manchester's James, Run Aground, a non-LP single from uh, 98 that features on their Best of James compilation LP CD or what have you. Next, I think it's time that I uh, played you some more music by the House of Love. It's been a few weeks, which is, uh, which in my eyes is, is long overdue. So uh, here is something off uh, the LP entitled Audience with the Mind, a particular track that, uh, well, there's no throwaway tracks on this whole, whole LP, 12, uh, 12 tracks in all. We're going to hear Erosion.
2001 Amnesiac, that is you and whose army, and of course that is Radiohead, preceded by Erosion, the House of Love off their 1993 LP, An Audience with the Mind. Six songs in to the programme, still got a load of special features to get to, and the interview with uh, the wonderful Ice Cream for Freaks at the end of the programme. Don't forget, nearperfectpitch.com is the place where you can point anybody to choose their ways and means uh, by which to listen to the programme. You're obviously listening via some some kind of uh, provider, but if you're not happy, you can shift because it's available on Apple, uh, iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Radio.net, uh, uh, and just loads and loads of other aggregators. Just chuck in near perfect pitch and you will find me. Please do, as I always ask and grovel uh, on a weekly basis, uh, just please recommend the programme to one other person and uh, that will just help the, the listenership grow nice and organically. You've obviously got very, very good taste by listening, so share it with others. Please do, because that's what I do. That's the only kick I get out of this gig, really, is is by turning people on to new music or uh, playing stuff that, uh, that people then get back to me and say, hey, I really like that. Sounds so trivial and basic, but it is uh, the gospel truth. Thank you. 
off their very recent and second LP. That is Sundowners with a track called uh, Summer Fades. The album concerned is called Cut the Master. And if you want to learn more about them, go to uh, facebook.com slash sundowners UK and you can uh, keep up to date with all of their wonderful goings on. Before we heard that, we heard some Scousers. We heard uh, Proper with Catch Me A Star from 1996 on Chrysalis Records. And to my knowledge, that's the only single that they released, apart from a, a promo cassette, which uh, is like unicorn poo. just can't find it, but uh, wanted to share that with you. Um, next, what have I got queued up here? Oh, I've got some maps. Disguises are forms of shit. 
songs in. That was A Nifty Little Number by Blitzen Trapper hailing from Portland, Oregon. That's the lead track to their fourth LP from uh, 2008 entitled Fur Fur with two R's no less. And that uh, was preceded by the wonderful James Chapman aka Maps a single from 2009's Turning the Mind released on Mute Records. Let go of the feeling. Let me just double check that as I fumble for that record. Yes, let go of the fear, not the feeling. As I suspected, I made an error, didn't I? Uh, anyway, you get the drift, don't you? That is James Chapman, a game maps with uh, let go of the fear, not let go of the feeling. Two entirely different things. And uh, so, ten songs in. Next, we're going to go to Holland and hear something from uh, Betty Serviet's debut, and then it'll be time for our cover version of the week. This week, Deftones doing the Smiths. <laughs>
having a crack at the Smiths classic, please, please, please let me get what I want. That is Deftones, and they have deftly delivered our Cover Me cover version of the week. And that was preceded by, from Holland, Betty Serviet from their debut record uh, entitled Palamine, which was released on uh, the, the uh, 4AD offshoot label Guernica in 1992. That is a single uh, and the title track, Palamine. 12 songs in. Now to hear something from a rather uh, forgotten about record. Milltown Brothers released their third LP in 2004 entitled Rubber Band and this record features on it. We'll be 
That's the beauty, that is. And you're asking yourself, who the heck was that? Well, that was Falling Down the Stairs by Even As We Speak. That's pulled off their Peel Sessions, BBC Sessions release, which you can uh, get yourself uh, a copy of by going to Bandcamp. You can go to Emotional Response Records, their page. You go to emotional-response-rex.bandcamp.com slash album slash yellow hyphen food hyphen BBC hyphen sessions or you can just do a keyword search for even as we speak great label i had stuart on the program months and months ago and uh, just a continual supply of wonderful material there you have it that was our weekly peel track from january 1992 falling downstairs even as we speak and uh, i should also mention again uh, from their third and often forgotten lp 2004's Rubber Band that is uh, the Milton Brothers the song that we heard prior to Falling Down the Stairs by Even As We Speak uh, and don't forget the Milton Brothers have a fairly recent LP uh, from uh, 2015 entitled Long Road which was, uh, is that a pledge or a band camp campaign, can't rightly remember but uh, you can still get your hands on that and it's a very very good album to, to, to be fair, which seems to be popular vernacular every other, every other football interview nowadays is to be fair, you know, like I said to be fair, you know, like I said, yeah, anyway I'll try not to use that expression ever again. Um, now, what we got queued up? But well, let's keep Faye, let's keep Twee, let's keep Poppy, let's keep female.
just down the way from Toronto. That's Weaves with Walk Away of uh, last year's second LP, Wide Open, a top, top outfit. They are weaves.bandcamp.com, weavesband.com, facebook.com slash weavesmusic. They're grand, our weaves. Through the Flowers by the Primitives preceded that. Uh, a wonderful little fey indie twee guitar pop single. And um, before that, we heard, as I've mentioned on numerous occasions now, Falling Down the Stairs, uh, their BBC Peel Session version from January 92 by Even As We Speak. It's now time for our obligatory fall oh, track of the week going to the Falls 20th LP from 1995, The Marshall Suite. Touch sensitive.
with a single released uh, just last month. That is brand new stuff by Frightened Rabbit. Be less rude. Frightenedrabbit.bandcamp.com is where you need to frequent to keep uh, abreast of all their happenings. Now, uh, before that, we heard uh, from 1995 from The Falls, 20th LP, The Marshall Suite touch sensitive the lead track of that LP and that nicely uh, fulfills our obligatory fall ah, for this particular week. Uh, it's now time for our Essential Wax, our LP of the week. This week we are featuring two tracks from the wonderful Pop Said LP released in February 89 by The Darling Buds. darling buds and that's just what they are they are darling and they're on the show uh, quite some time ago uh, about mid last year they're on the program uh, interviewed andrea and uh, a lovely chat with her and i suggest going back in time and revisiting as i do anyway if you've not heard all the programs uh, 65 is is today's uh, edition um there are 64 prior to this 
all but one or two, I think, have an accompanying accompanying interview uh, by an interesting person, i.e. someone a lot more interesting than myself, which ain't difficult. And um, do, do go back, do go back, because it's a podcast, so you can go back and, and revisit anything and everything you wish. So let's, let's talk about this uh, Essential Wax LP of the Week this week, being the Darling Buds pop set. It's their first studio album proper. They hail from Newport uh, in, in South Wales, and uh, they do have uh, releases prior to this uh, when they were on the Native record label, releasing a series of singles, and uh, they are very, very hard to find. And there was even a compilation uh, entitled The Native Years, a compilation, which is very, very hard to find. But this album, Concerned, is their first studio album proper. It's their first of three studio LPs produced by Pat Collier, and their first for a major label, Epic. It did spawn five singles, one of which we've just heard. We just heard Burst, which was the second uh, from uh, September 88. We're going to hear Hit the Ground next, which is uh, their third single in sequence. Some extraordinary experience. 
Before I go into detail as to what you've just heard, I'll let you know what we heard just before we heard this particular track. We heard the last, the second of, of two songs around our feature LP, which is our essential wax this week, The Darling Buds Pop Said. We heard another one of the five singles, the five singles released off this record record specifically were Shame On You from March 88, Burst from September 88, Hit The Ground from uh, Christmas 88, and then early in 89, Let's Go Around There came out in March, and then in the summer, You've Got To Choose came out uh, in July. So uh, this album was milked, but it was just riddled with uh, with song after song after song that could indeed have been any number of more singles. It came out again, re-released on the wonderful Cherry Red Records in uh, 2006, featuring nine extra tracks, which you can still hunt and source down on, uh, on eBay and such like. And it did reach the dizzy heights of number 23 in the charts. Now, what did we just hear off their brand spanking new Cosmic Lullabies LP? Professor Yaffle, named after the, the wooden boffin Professor Bird in, in Bagpuss uh, from Liverpool. They are an outstanding outfit. Facebook.com slash Professor Yaffle Band. And Yaffle is double F-L-E. And uh, you can find all the links there by which you can uh, snag this debut release. It is a beautiful double release, a double CD, and I encourage you to go out and snag it. And I'll be playing lots, lots, lots more from uh, Professor Yaffle in uh, weeks and months to come. Hoi! Well, we're getting through the programme at quite a pace, actually. It's uh, 20 songs in now, and it's time now for a brace. Let's have an army brace. <laughs> Yeah. Sure. 
Anyway, that's the Army Game by Pale Lights. They're from New York, and that's off uh, last year's The Stars Seemed Brighter, which is uh, their second LP. And before that, from 1979, from his third LP, Armed Forces, his eighth single, Elvis Costello with Oliver's Army. Wowzers. Uh, a few a few songs to get to, actually, before we're going to be chatting with John from uh, Ice Cream for Freaks. We're going to be getting to uh, some Family Cat next, and hopefully uh, we'll squeak in some Tintoo time as well before the end of the programme, and uh, trying to squeak in two or three more songs in addition to the songs you're going to hear from Ice Cream uh, for Freaks. Uh, I've got a pile of about uh, 12, and I've got to pull three or four from that, so uh, it could change. But anyway, what is a certainty is this next track. Tom Verlaine, the song that got it going, the first song, their first single from 1989, The Family Cat. Well, we lay 
Guitar Quinn has a job. Mary Berry's got a job. So why don't you get a job? Well done. Why don't you win a medal? Even Tar Quinn wins a medal. Mary Berry's got a medal. So why don't you get a medal? Well done. Idols of last year's Brutalism LP, their debut long player, and a track called Well Done. Before that, Tom Verlaine from 1989. That is the Family Cat's first single. We had Paul Frederick on the programme two, three weeks ago under his guise of Jack Adapter, and I thought I would pluck that out the past for you. Next, before we get into the last couple of tracks before the interview with Ice Cream for Freaks, English Tea by Thurman.
brand new stuff from Belfast. And I don't know how to pronounce their name, actually. It's double M-O-D-E. M-M mode. Double M-O-D-E. Mode. Anyway, it's a wonderful record, and that's far away from you. Learn more about them at facebook.com slash mmodeband or at mmodeband.com, their own URL. And uh, I do like it very, very much. I think we'll be playing more from that in coming weeks. Uh, a single from 1994 preceded that on Righteous Records by Thurman, English Tea, which I believe was their second single. Only one LP they released before they disbanded. And um, now uh, we're fast approaching the uh, triple shot of tunes by the wonderful uh, Ice Cream for Freaks. And uh, that's coming up uh, in a few moments' time. But uh, in the interim, there are a few things to uh, attend to. And most notably, what I want to get uh, around to covering is uh, this. Well, you all know what that racket means as I try and get rid of it. It's, it's Tinted Web Time Kids, our uh, wonderful weekly foray into the World Wide Web. And, uh, yeah, again, thanks again, Mr Al Gore, for inventing it all for us. We remain forever in your debt. Um, here's a site to, to, uh, to visit, uh, facebook.com slash mahgigs. And I'll tell you what that means. It's the Musicians Against Homelessness page. And uh, here is their tirade, and I endorse it wholeheartedly. The Royal Bedding Gigs. So the premise of this is that uh, they want to get people out on the streets to... Uh, really exemplify the massive homelessness problem in the, in the UK uh, around uh, the time that the Royal Wedding is going on. So the Royal Bedding gigs. Important, please contact us before organising any Royal Bedding Musicians Against Homelessness events. This is an organised campaign in addition to our usual annual campaigns. We will supply all details and official posters and logo. In response to the recent news that the streets of Windsor will be cleared of homeless people, the MAH announced the Royal the Royal Bedding Day, sorry, on the same day as the Royal Wedding. We ask all of our supporters and friends to join us in putting on as many musical events as possible across England, Scotland and Wales to support homeless people and to make a lot, yes, a lot of noise. This is a call to put the focus upon the poorest in our society. The number of homeless people on our streets is rapidly escalating and it's a national disgrace. Thousands and thousands of people are in desperate situations with a recent report stating that one in every 200 people are classed as homeless or living in unsuitable accommodation. What do you need to do? Well, you can organise a musical event in a, in a venue that's local to you. you could be, it could be a pub, it could be a community centre, a church, cafe or, or anything else. Um, it could also uh, be uh, any number of uh, other organised events that aren't necessarily musically ori orientated. So if you're a band, uh, look to organise a band night with other bands. If you're a venue, offer to host. So if you want to learn more about it, go to the page or you can email mahgigs at gmail.com and uh, there's a lot more uh, going on there and there's even a lovely logo as uh, designed by uh, the award-winning illustrator Marcus Reed as an official logo of this. It looks like Serge from Kasabian with a sleeping bag, um, which it probably is actually. Uh, any road, go there. That is my uh, Tinterweb time for this week and there's another one, a little tidbit here. I just came across this and I thought it was rather funny, so I'm going to queue it up as I'm as I'm talking to you. It's uh, a YouTube video that I uh, happened upon, and it is a ukulele version of uh, of Morrissey's um, "Spent the Day in Bed." And uh, I'll just see if I can pull up some audio for you. Here you go.
is Ukulele Bobby. Spent the day in bed, the Morrissey cover, accompanied by a rather articulate uh, video, actually. Some people would argue that it's actually better than Moss's version. Any road, it's him and his uh, ukulele and uh, prancing around uh, Salford Boys Club, and uh, it's rather witty, so I want to share that with you. And as uh, is always the case, the URLs, the websites that I feature and, uh, and share with you, they're in the show notes. So um, if you listen on Podbean, it's a given that they'll all be there. If not, uh, all the other sites tend to aggregate all of the information that I spend a lot of time uh, compiling. So it's now time to get your ears round some uh, wonderful, wonderful ice cream for freaks.
that's the superb ice cream for freaks and that's the first of three tracks that you're going to hear by them and that particular track is entitled can can and you're going to hear uh, one more song in uh, a couple of minutes but uh, give you a bit of a background trancy electronica laced with well-cultivated cynicism and a dark and wry sense of humor straight from uh, the band's biog uh, they are jonathan mcdonald bins julian walker and uh, Jolly on Dixon. It says here that they're uh, made in Yorkshire and Wiltshire from, a nat- from all natural ingredients, actually. John used to be in uh, a band that I've played on the programme a few times and uh, do love a poppy factory, and we're going to be talking more about that. They have a full-length debut coming out next year, uh, tentatively called Best Served Cold. Looking forward to that. And I'm going to play one more song with you before we get into the interview, into the interview itself with, uh, with John. I'm going to hear a song called Some Future. Oh, no. 
Ice Cream for Freaks, Some Future, that's the second song. And uh, I'm delighted to be uh, handing over now to Pseudo Me and the band for an in-depth chat about everything that is Ice Cream for Freaks. I'll be back after the interview. Hello. Yes, is this the Cultivated Cynicism Hotline? <laughs> Uh, you must be Dara. Yeah, how are you doing? Uh, good, thanks. How are you? Uh, managed to get over the technical problems. Well, yeah, I've no idea, honestly, what happened there. In the studio, I, I, I record the podcast weekly, and I thought I'd uh, be clever and uh, record your interview uh, with all the bells and whistles, but uh, the person prior to, to me... The person prior to me being in there had reset everything and I just couldn't get the audio out. So anyway, can, can you hear me okay at the moment? Uh, yeah, everything's fine, yeah, good. Magic. Um, well, this sort of thing happens, doesn't it? It does, it does. It's very much the nature of the beast, especially if you're doing a lot of things remotely. But you're reasonably clear, so yeah. it's, it's going to be good. I'm just delighted to be chatting with you. Um, um, well, it's very, it's very kind of you to ask me. I appreciate it. Oh, well, no worries at all. Uh, we, we could probably start uh, with, with my first my first introduction to you was, was with Poppy Factory. And, um, ah, I was Yeah, well, I had quite a soft spot for the band. And, uh, you know, 49, 7x7, sh- shiny bubbles. It, it was, uh, it, it held a place. Now, now, how did that come to fruition? Just so we can just sort of get a starting timeline. When did you start uh, Poppy Factory in Bradford? Well, it would have been uh, it would have been the nineteen uh, nineties, really. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's quite a strange and convoluted story. Um, one of the guys in the band and myself had, had been in a group together for years, and we kind of got um, fed up just chugging out the same old thing. And I was a drummer at the time, uh, which is which is my first instrument, and. Uh, I kind of got fed up being unable to write because yeah. I felt I've got sort of tunes inside me and you can't really write tunes on a drum kit. Uh, so I decided that I was going to buy some keyboards and kind of mess around with them and we, Poppy Factory just kind of evolved out of that. Really? Um, so just tinkering around with MIDI yeah, and yeah. all of a sudden you've got a band? Well, pretty much. We, we, I, I, because I've never written anything before, I didn't really know an air chord from a from a Z chord or, or whatever, you know, I just <laughs> yeah. kind of made it up as I went along. Yes. And it seemed to me, and it, it seems like it still does all these years later, that in a way, not being trained or, or being able to play in inverted commas properly, Yes. Um, my fingers go to places where people's fingers don't normally go. Uh, and I seem to come up with things that, you know, are a bit are slightly abnormal and I think the sort of songs came from that, really. They kind of evolved from that. Well, I think I think after, after what you've just said, that makes that does make intrinsic sense because of the the, the beautiful naivety whereby you've got no uh, you've got no uh, yardstick really. You're just doing what feels right, and I would imagine if you hyper well, well, up, well, it, that, 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 that's exactly right. Though. I yeah. mean, um, you know, obviously, um, I'm, I'm probably as much of a music head as you are. I, I, Music's been a huge part of my life ever since I was a nipper. Yeah. And uh, re- really, um, but but all those all those influences and things that you like don't really help you when when you come in to try and sort of create something from nothing. So really, it was my fingers that that kind of found the the little tunes and, and not really my brain. 
That makes any sense at all. It totally does. It does. You've, you've got uh, what's you've got inquisitive fingers, let's say, and uh, they, they, yeah, they, that's they, a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I I I love the work that you did with Poppy Factory, and and it seemed to it seemed to come and go very very Thank quick, you. very very quickly, because um, the, the the singles. Well, it, it was. It, it was it was a, a difficult time in a lot of ways. Um, we hadn't got. We kind of went from playing to three or four hundred people in local clubs around Bradford to having a major record deal. And I don't think any of us were kind of ready for um, uh, a major deal. And, and 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 really, I mean, we knew enough about the music industry, but nothing kind of prepares uh, you for it. No. Um, and we suddenly found ourselves catapulted into this situation with managers and A&R men and a major record label. And uh, to be honest, it was, it was more like an episode of Game of Thrones than anything. <laughs> that's, that's about the best way of putting it. I think it's, uh, it was an eye-opener, that's for sure. Well, Chris, I mean, Chrysalis were no, were no joke. I mean, at the time, they were a massive, mighty, mighty label. And it's a, it's, sure, it's but... a massive departure to go from... Uh, you know, selling a few cassettes at gigs to actually doing doing a you know do, doing PR and, and, and sitting in front of uh, at the enemy sounds and melody maker. Well, well, this is it. Uh, in a lot of ways, I think I would have preferred it if we'd have gone to an indie. I think it would have suited our music better, and I'm not sure Chrysalis really understood what they'd signed. That, um, yeah, yes. You know, uh, they didn't seem to quite know what to do with us. I, th I think that's a very fair assessment because you, luckily you did get some good reviews in in, in the mainstream uh, music press, uh, and that uh, that's how the like the likes of myself, of course, f found out about you. But I think you're right. I think you were a very very difficult band. I, I liken you to at the time uh, bands such as the New Fast Automatic Daffodils, who also signed to a, a major, and and with with yeah. the with the music press and the fickle press. Uh, if you weren't signed to Creation or Heavenly or sort of something similar, uh, yeah. there was an assumption made about you, which was by and large wrong from inception. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, when the first single we released, as you know, was Seven Times Seven. Yeah. And that was a, that was a, a, probably a, one of our more indie-sounding tracks. Definitely. Um, and uh, the, the, the enemy and the melody maker gave us single of the week and, and made a huge fuss about us. And we thought, aye, aye, you know, perhaps we're doing something right here. Yes. Uh, and um, we followed that with um, with Stars, which was probably considerably more popular. Yes, it was. Yeah. And um, they, they, they kind of turned on us for that. Uh, I think they thought we were selling out or something. But in actual fact, all our songs, and, and I maintain to this day with, with my current writing, is that I refuse to be sort of tied down to just one sound. Um, for me, you know, a song has to have its own life. And, and so rather than, you know, write seven or eight songs that pretty much sound the same, I kind of try and let each one have its own life, if you see what I mean. And certainly with, with Poppy Factory, that was kind of the case. And so we were a bit, a bit hard to categorise, and I think that went against us. Yeah, and I think yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it happened to you and, and uh, a litany of other bands as well. I mean, your inclusion on the Forever sure. Changing, the Forever Changing compilation was a nice little shot in the arm. But um, so let's let's put let's put that wonderful part of your career to bed, um, um, because you know if I listen to the, the the three singles as an amalgam as an LP, 
it really does demonstrate what you were just alluding to. You've got a very, very uh, diverse sound that you were nurturing all those years ago. So now we, now we leap forward. So before we talk about, uh, before we talk about ice cream for freaks, in, in that intermittent period, that, uh, that two decades, that vortex, what, what, what happened in, in, in that time frame for you? Well, um, as you can imagine, I was absolutely thoroughly delusioned with the whole uh, boiling, really. Um, I, I, I got fed up. I, I kind of walked out of Poppy Factory, really, probably before I was pushed. Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't happy. Um, I, I didn't want to be out touring. I wanted to be in the studio writing. And when the band um, dissolved, um, I vowed that I would never do anything in music ever again. Um, I felt thoroughly burned uh, out and, mm. and pretty disillusioned, to be honest. And so, uh, really, I kind of put it all behind me. I practiced the drums occasionally and did very little. And there was a lot going in my li on in my life at that time that was fairly chaotic. And um, I, I kind of, but uh, as you might imagine, you just can't throw something like that away. No. And just for my own kind of amusement, I bought some recording equipment and started piddling around in my basement knocking tunes together just for my own amusement and over the years my friends kept saying why don't you do something with this and I said well I don't think it's good enough uh, and really I'm used to writing with somebody else yeah. um, as I was with, with Poppy Factory and, and previous sort of incarnations and I didn't really have the confidence to feel that I could write uh, a song on my own so it's come over a period of years where I've actually kind of taught myself uh, two things really. A, that I can put a song together and that I can write some reasonable lyrics, hopefully, uh, and that, I, that I've got the, the confidence to kind of stand by them. So really it's taken all this time for me to, to get there, but now I'm there. I'm, I'm going for it. You're going for it. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad that you are because the, the, the tracks that you've shared with me, um, wonderful stuff. I t I've listened to it over and over and over. So let, let's talk. Let's talk about the music um, itself. Now, when it comes to the, sure. to, to the band, the lineup is yourself, of course. There's, there's Julian and and, yeah. and Jolian. It's, it's, it's a three piece. Is that correct? That, that's correct. Yeah, um, uh, Julian. Uh, Julian and Julian and John, it's all a bit much, isn't it? It is, yes. And, uh, <laughs> Julian is uh, the guy who uh, does the singing. Yeah. Um, as uh, my voice is uh, not great, I have to say. <laughs> uh, Jules is a, is a fine singer. He's been in various sort of bands before. Julian is um, he's a guitarist and producer in his own right. He's worked with quite a few well-known people, but I'm not going to name drop. Right. Uh, sounds a bit clever-headed, doesn't it? <laughs> um, so, but he's, he's worked with um, quite a few decent, uh, well-known people. Um, but we, we, all, we were all friends before any of this got mooted, and it was really those two who said, let's do something with this. You know, and I'm going, oh, no, 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 it's not good enough. And they're going, yeah, it is, yeah, it is, let's do it. And finally, then we ended up with um, with me writing, Julian doing the vocals, and Joe producing and, and adding guitar. Um, so that's how it kind of works at the moment. So there are just the three of us, but um, should there be a demand for us to go out live, which hopefully when we've 
finish recording another batch of new material, and we may consider if there's a demand for it. Good. Then we'll augment that lineup to go out live. Fantastic. And are you all based? Uh, actually, first of all, where are you based yourself personally at the moment? Well, I'm based uh, Yorkshire. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm, 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 I'm a lad from Yorkshire. Yeah, I was born in Leeds, lad, so I know all about that. Oh, hey up. Hey up, lad. So, so where, whereabouts are you specifically <laughs> in Yorkshire? Sorry? Whereabouts Sorry. specifically are you? Uh, well, I'm not far from Skipton. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, because my, my sort of, my mum's side are all, are all from, from Adel, um, that, that neck of the woods. Oh, right, okay. I'm yeah. Adel, yeah. Yeah, Adel's... Well, um, yeah, my lot are all, we're all, are, they're all from Skipton. Nice one. Um, um, uh, the, the weird thing about the other two is that they're both down in Wiltshire. That's what I was going um, to ask. I lived, uh, yeah, I lived, I lived down there for a while, and uh, for, well, for quite a while, and um, we all got together kind of down there, and um, I kind of got home sick of Yorkshire and came back, but these days with computers and, and Skype and everything, it's not much of a hassle to be in a group that are sort of 200 miles away from each other, if you see what I mean. No, it's it's very much uh, the norm. You'd be surprised. I mean, I, I do. I, I interview an artist every week, and um, goodness me, there's a phone call. Um, and uh, you'd be amazed how many people are working in a satellite capacity quite quite uh, nicely without there being, uh, you know. I'm, I'm beginning. I'm beginning to understand this. Um, I, I, I must admit, it's always struck me as being weird that somebody can record a track in England and have a a guitarist put a solo on it in New York or something, but. That's it. Um, yeah, that's kind of we kind of ferry files backwards and forwards to each other, but we do meet up quite a lot. Um, you know, uh, I'm going down there; they're coming up here. All that, you know, we're, we're, uh, first and foremost, those, those two are uh, uh, two of my best friends. We're, we're friends before we're we're a band. Wow. Which is which is great as far as I'm concerned because you know it helps you to. I mean, you understand each other. You know where each other are coming from, and we're, we're, we've all been good friends for such a long time that the. the if there's any arguments or, or you know, heated discussions or whatever, it never boils over into anything worse than a bit of name-calling, you know. It must be wonderful just to have the the ego eliminated from the equation. Uh, we're very much about that. I, I, I've all, I mean, you know, this sounds awfully conceited and trite and possibly even crass, but <laughs> I have tried to drive ego out of everything. As far as I'm concerned... And the other two are concerned. It's all about the music. Um, you know, we, the three of us don't even particularly want that. We don't really want to be famous, if I'm honest. We'd like the songs to be famous. And I think that's, that, if that makes any sense, that's where we're kind of coming from. No, it makes it makes intrinsic sense. It really does. And, and uh, I, 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 I already have a sense of how you are. You, you, love, you love to be in the studio. You love to create. You love the process. Um, and uh, and uh, if success is a byproduct, then then fantastic. But um, well, exactly. I mean, for me, the first and foremost, the, the whole point of this is the actual creation. It's it's almost like an artist sitting down with a a blank piece of paper and, and then turning it into a drawing. You know, it's like music is silence until you put something in there. And so I'm trying to make something out of silence, and that's where I, that's where the kit comes from for me. Right. Um, and the end product is almost well. It's, I mean, it's got to be. You know, we've got to like it. I guess. You know, we've got to think it's worth something and that it says something. Yes. But to me, the process is almost that's the thing that fires me up. That makes me get out of bed every morning. You know. I I, I do understand that, and and it's something that that I learned very early on that my 
uh, affinity for being able to execute music was uh, was crap at best. That's why I became an audiophile and DJ. And uh, I've always marvelled, and I continue to be marvel, uh, continue to marvel at the likes of yourselves who just chisel away at it and, and get this uh, this unbelievable selfless buzz out of creation when it comes to the oral landscapes. I've got. It's, I've, uh, it's, great, it's great, isn't it? But then again, bear in mind, Dara. You know, if you were, if people like you weren't around to get into it and play it, then we'd all be in a sorry state as well, so, you know. We all have our roles to play, that's for sure, but mine's, mine's obviously a, a, exactly. much, a much more minor one, but you, you, I've, as, I, as I listen to the, the songs, I, I listen to Can Can, Horse's Head, Some Future and Spaceman, and uh, three of them are featured on the programme. They're, they're, they're very, oh, very, they're very, very strong songs. Uh, is it safe to assume that uh, all four will be on the the debut full length next year? Um, yeah, um, at the moment we have absolutely no record deal or any interest or any management. We're kind of doing everything um, between the three of us. Um, and um, I mean, w what we would like at some point is probably just a very small um, distribution deal or. Uh, and, and maybe a small publishing deal or something like that, if anybody's listening out there. Yes. Um, we, we certainly don't want to go um, down the major road or anything like that. We'd like to retain as much control over what we do as possible. But obviously we've got to get the stuff out there. But at the moment, um, we're recording uh, another batch of stuff. We're working on another batch of stuff right now. The four tracks that you've got are part of another four or five, which would probably make up an album. Um, uh, and if we have no means of getting them out there in the shops or whatever, then we'll continue to post them online and see what sort of reaction we can get and, and hopefully move forward slowly rather than yes. to create a big deal about it all. You see yeah, you know, absolutely. Keep, keep it organic, keep it manageable, scale slowly and manageably. That's the way to That's go. That's the idea. Have you have you pondered the best laid plans and all that? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But you've got to start. You at least got to lay something out there. Otherwise, you failed before you start. Um, now, when it when it comes to um, the artwork, it's the the this wonderful scribbling that 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 uh, that, that I'm looking at now, the, the the pink the pink happy face scribbling. Who's responsible for yeah. that? Uh, well, that's a chap who uh, is uh, called Dan Matthews. And he's resident down in Wiltshire. He's an artist, um, ex-art student. Uh, he's a friend of the band. Uh, and we think he's got quite a bit of talent. And we just said, would you like to have a muck around and produce some stuff, um, possibly for a sleeve? And we liked it, so we just kind of went with it. And I'm glad you did. It's, it's, it's pretty impelling. I mean, the aesthetic. I always talk to artists about the importance of the aesthetic. I mean, it's early days for you yet when... You haven't really got a your debut physical release, but uh, hopefully that's imminent. Have, have you pondered? Uh, have you pondered at all the idea of of, of possibly uh, enveloping crowdfunding uh, on pledge or, or, or going to Bandcamp and being the captains of your own ship that way? Well, funnily enough, um, somebody only suggested that a few weeks ago, and I'm I'm not kind of comfortable with the. Um, with, with the funding idea, um, I, I feel almost like it's begging a little bit. Yes. And I'm kind of, I, I, this is my twisting morals coming through here. I, I feel like 
Um, really, if we went down that road with crowdfunding or whatever, that I'm kind of taking people's money for my own aggrandizement, you know, and, and I feel pretty uncomfortable with that. I think I'd rather do it the hard way. Well, there's an intermittent way. The way that you've just alluded to there, the, the, the so-called groveling, and that, that really is what it is. It's really good. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good for outfits or institutions or artists who've got who, who have a following that they can reach out to. I.e., they've got a mailing list of sorts, and you can keep people engaged okay. that way. But with Bandcamp, all that does it uh, it allows the profit sharing aspects of the music industry to actually. Uh, present itself as being uh, remotely fair as opposed to the Spotify's and the Apple Plays of the world. It allows you to, uh, right. to, to, to keep the vast majority of profits and it, it's, it's, a, it's an option for you that, that you, you, know, you should possibly give it... Well, give it... Um, I, will, I will take that on board, Doris. Yeah, and, that. and that's I'll, a... Gro- it. Yeah, it's a grovel-free environment, uh, is, is, is Bandcamp. <laughs> it, it's, it's... I'm all in favour of grovel-free environment. Yeah, yeah, they're the best kind, aren't they? Back, back to the aesthetic, yeah, though. Back to the aesthetic. You, you got a couple of videos, and, and um, I, I didn't, to be truthful, expect there to be uh, videos at this juncture, and they're rather rather. Yeah, well, that again, that that again is kind of. Um, I'm, this band sort of has a kind of extended family in a way. Um, one of my nephews is uh, really into uh, mucking around with his Mac and uh, and all the rest of it, and likes to sort of. Uh, play with images and things like that. Uh, he's called Kevin Sage, and uh, he's uh, he's a very talented young man. And he said, oh, you know, he said, um, why don't I kind of knock something up to go with the music? I said, feel free, have a go. Uh, and so what he did was what he did, and we kind of posted it and, um, and thought, well, there you go, at least there's some visuals to go with it. Yeah, he did it. Um, he did it. As far as we thought it through, really. Well, you did a sterling job. I mean, I mean, if, if you, if, you know, you could have, you, so, yeah. you could have said to me that you worked in synchronisation over the course of three weeks, huddled away in a in a shack in Wales, that I would have believed you, because it looks like that amount yeah. of work has gone into it. it they're, they're they're rather impelling, and they they do stand they do stand alone, and um, I think I think you've stumbled yeah. onto something good there. Uh, well, uh, thanks for that. Uh, I'll I'll certainly pass that on to it. Um, well, we'll probably catch this at some point. Um, oh, that's great. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, all you're going to get from me, Dara, is, is grim honesty. I'm afraid. That's all um, I want. I, I'm not much for um, for playing uh, playing pop stars or or, or even uh, anything remotely like it. Um, I think honesty is the best policy, and we just tell it like it is. And in a way, just about everything that's happened since we kind of formed up, really, a couple of years ago. We've kind of guided ourselves, and we've just gone on instinct. Yeah. And we're probably we're probably doing it all wrong. Um, I wouldn't be at all surprised. But then again, if we're doing it, we're allowed to do it wrong. You are. And, um, you know, it's kind of it, it's kind of stuck in the sea with us. It's like, well, we'll we'll do this and see what happens. You know. Well, you have that, that luxury is afforded to you, and there is no boilerplate. There is no cookie cutter. You just do what feels right, and at the end of the day. Um, from someone who is is reasonably objective, i.e., not in your immediate circle, to me it looks like everything's working and going to plan. So um, whether whether you're overthinking it or underthinking it, it, it seems to be effortlessly uh, natural to me at the moment. So you're obviously doing something right. Well, well, that, that's kind of scary in, in some respects, but also yeah, I do have a tendency to overthink things. 
Um, but then again, um, I suppose if you are a writer of lyrics, there, there is a tendency to sort of gnaw away at the bone until... Of course. You kind of, you, you kind of you know, mashed it into little pieces or whatever. You know, it, uh, so I, I do probably have a tendency to do that. And uh, my, not my, uh, fortunately, my, my bandmates will, will drag me back into reality fairly sharply if I show any signs of... Um, um, prima donnaism or yeah uh, but there has to be a, <laughs> yeah there's got to be a certain degree of preciousness though because it's your craft I mean it's 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 not throwaway yeah, this is um, a... yeah but I, I try not to let it get in the way of real life I yeah mean, for me the, the whole point of writing and I mean you know for example the songs that I've sent you you know like um, Spaceman for example uh, came about because I'm a, a huge fan of Patrick Moore and Excellent. Um, bless him, um, he died. Yeah. I've actually been to see him on a lecture tour. I saw him in Sheffield um, at the theatre and he was doing a, a sort of tour of uh, talking about the space and the planets and I've always loved all that. Stuff. Yeah. And I've always liked Patrick Moore. And, and, Legend. Um, so everything I kind of do, it comes from experience. I, I don't want to be airy-fairy. Uh, and so that whole song came about, really. It's kind of a, almost a tribute to Patrick Moore, but... The, the chorus, which, as you know, goes the space for all of us, that's kind of the double meaning bit. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose that's a bit of social comment, and the two just happen to kind of live side by side. Um, so there's no there's no sort of great mysticism about um, any of the lyrics or anything like that, but I just try and keep those honest as well, you know. I've got this, I've got this mental image of the three of you of course, you need a time machine or some kind of uh, some kind of alchemy. But uh, with 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 a, with a three minute xylophone solo by uh, by Patrick Moore. Uh, so, because because the, the sky at night that used to that used to really capture my imagination. As I'm sure it did. You know, millions of other. It, it, absolutely, that, absolutely. You know, I thought it was wonderful. You know, I couldn't believe all this stuff. Oh, it wasn't real, um, was it? I just thought it was great. And then Carl Sagan came along and, and, and blew our minds even more, didn't he? Oh, he, he's another hero as well, yeah. The, uh, uh, I think, is he Canadian or American? I can't Carl remember. Sagan's American. Did, did you watch... Uh, they redid Cosmos, or Cosmos, depending on how you pronounce well, that it. Was, that was it, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carl Sagan. I mean, he, he did quite a bit with NASA as well, didn't That's he? That's it, yeah. But the, he did Cosmos in the 70s and 80s, but it's been redone by... Oh, the chap with the double-barreled name, but there's a whole new series of Cosmos. You should look it up. It's it is phenomenal because oh, it's. Well, I wasn't aware of that. Thank you for that. I'm writing that down as we speak. Yeah, so and I could certainly look look for that. Yeah, it's you know all, all the same theory that, that are being that's being dis discussed, but obviously the the tech and and the CGI is different gravy to, to 1979, and it's 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 mind blowing. Really, yeah. really, yeah. You start yeah, start yeah, thinking about really. start thinking about quantum physics, and then my, my my head just starts to hurt. But that's great that, that there's, well, there's, there's. Yeah, I can only go so far with it, and then it's like, oh, yeah, I mean, my head's just imploded. Yeah. And when they start talking about the size of the universe, that's that's when I lose it. Well, I, I start to lose it and when when it's when you just appreciate if you know time and space is infinite. That in itself. Has, has, <laughs> I, I, I fumble with that on a daily basis because it just means that... Well, we're saying here, and the other thing is, is the, the Big Bang. I mean, there must have been... I, I don't understand how there can have been nothing and then suddenly the universe explodes into life. If, 
if if there was nothing, the universe couldn't be in nothing to it. No, what's the you know, catalyst? Like, there must have been something there that wasn't the universe, but. See, no, no, it's great. You've gone all, you've got, you've gone all lateral on me, and that's great. That's because that's the way I go, and then, and, and, and I end up, end up, you know, pissing my wife off because I start getting into making all these suppositions, and, and because, because you know, with, with with the world it is today, you know, you flick on the news and, and it's thoroughly depressing. There are times when I just oh, look, completely. just look up at the heavens. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, almost, I'm almost trying to wean myself off the news. To be honest, I used to be a bit of a uh, a, a kind of a, a news addict, you know. Um, but it's got to the stage now where I just feel like hanging myself if I watch it. So <laughs> oh, crikey. I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to watch everything, but I'll turn the bloody thing off, which is better, really. Yeah, but, but where I was going with that was, because I live in Canada now, and the skies here are quite wonderful, especially in, uh, in the summer. And I'll often look up, up to the skies and the heavens at night and say, Please come and take me away because this this spinning sphere of lunacy makes no sense to me other than music. Music is the only thing that tangibly uh, gives gives me that feeling that somehow this is all going to make sense to me at some point on my journey. And music is the only thing that keeps me um, safe. Funny, funny. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. Um, that you just summed up my philosophy in a nutshell. So we're obviously either separated at birth or spirits or something, I don't know, but I mean, that, that's totally my, the only redeeming feature of the stupid idiots on this planet is, is their ability to make music, and, and uh, for me, that's, that's about the only thing worth breathing for most of the time. Yeah, so, that and the odd bit of architecture, that's that's our uh, legacy on this yeah, planet, that's it. Yeah, whatever floats your boat, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. I was going to ask you because because of your work, you know, your your, your writing and, and obviously being being a seasoned musician. But when it comes to production, I know that you work with with Dave Crefield and, and John Williams in the past. Who's who's yeah. taking care of your production for uh, for Ice Cream? Well, that's that's uh, Jolian basically. Yeah. Um, uh, he's 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 Me and then 
uh, then Julian sort of chipped his two pennies in, and, and then we got a judge there, please, Matthew Sanders. Excellent. And, um, nine times out, well, ten times out, and he does, you know. So, so that's great that you've got uh, somebody in-house, and uh, that, that makes for, the, for a wonderful, uh, wonderful synergy without having to involve a third party or having to have somebody... Well, under, well it's, it's, it's almost like a little cottage industry, Tara, if yeah. you get me drift. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I you know, uh, in terms of knob twiddlers, I've never really trusted them. I mean, uh, you, you were talking about some of the producers I've worked with before, and I'm not going to name any names, but, um, uh, although you did too, but... Um, some of, some of them, I don't know if there is exactly sort of on the same planet as mine are. So it's either me that's not hearing things right, or them, I don't know which. Well, the, the, it's a very... Certainly when you record in air or some of the big studios in London that, that we work at, yeah. you know, suddenly it's all so big and it's all so complicated and everything, you know, sort of eight hours on a high-hat track or something like that. And it's just like, what? Well, come on, you know, we, eight hours, we could have recorded an album by now, you know. Well, you, you do get these producers who, who are, forgive the expression, but they're up their own arses, or you'll get them That's who... That's a very good expression. Yeah, or, or you'll get the ones who who um, take take just an eternity a la Kevin Shields and they'll never get it right. And uh, yeah. then you get the production line merchants who want you in and out. So it, um, it's a very mixed bag when it comes well, to... The, the, the great thing about Joe is that he will... I will play him the demo as I play it to Julian and we'll all listen to it and Joe will make a few comments, Julian will make a few comments. But Joe, what Joe will not do is, is, is like a lot of, certainly the first producer whose name escapes me that we had with Poppy Factory, um, recorded a version of 7 times 7 that you wouldn't recognise. Oh. It, sounded, it sounded a lot like Ultravox's Vienna. Oh. Uh, and, um, which, yeah, can you believe it? Uh, and when we when we heard it, like, what the hell? So of course we scrapped it, and uh, after a bit of a fight with the record company, uh, we scrapped it and took our demo and just threw that up, and that's what went out. Now I mean, it, uh, it's great having fab producers brought in and all this kind of thing, but all the guy did really was cause chaos, and we were kind of at each other's throats about it, and uh, it totally changed the whole sound of the band and the whole sound of the and everything and it just wasn't us anymore I can just so imagine I mean, it I can just imagine it going all Steve Lillywhite with 12 record companies you know yeah yeah giving you an extra 12 tracks that you don't even need well exactly and, 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 also, and, and also making a huge song and dance and palaver out of everything um, when, when it's completely unnecessary you know you know what the song is you've got the tracks in front of you you've got the vocals you've got the lyrics you, it's, you know, why change absolutely everything? Well, that, that well, artistic license... The artistic license is, is, is that of the bands, not of the producers. It only becomes the producers... Well, if, with, pardon? The, 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 the trouble with record companies is it strikes me and certainly majors. And, um, you know, I, I think a lot of the reason why things went wrong at Chrysalis is, is partly because they were being taken over at the time we were we'd just been signed and, and we were going into record. I mean, recording an album for the label, which has never seen the light of day, they, they refused to put it out because our first three um, singles didn't um, sort of go straight to number one in, in the entire <laughs> universe. You know? yeah, so they course. kind of got a bit cold feet about it. Um, and uh, so basically, you know, uh, 
That's completely understandable, and, and very rarely do you cross paths with someone vocational who who not only is that but gets gets who you are and, and what you want, and well, is selfless well, and well, professional. Only non dara is people who get it. That's it. I mean, you obviously we're, we're doing this interview, so you obviously get what we're trying to do, and, and that is such a blessed relief that, that you know other people are starting to get it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there'll be loads and loads of people who don't get it. And there's not much I can do about that. But I can make sure I go and work with them if it's at all, if it's, if it's, if it's all in my remit, you know. Yeah, understood. And, and so so when, it, when it comes to, is it still going to be called uh, Best Serve Cold? Is that is that title going to be written in stone? Um, no, it's not going to be written in stone. It was kind of a bit of a joke, really. Um, I think we were having a, a laugh over a pint one. Uh, evening and um, and Julian and I sort of said, oh, you know, what, what should we call the album then when we sort of finish recording it? Or oh. And I, I said, well, it's ice cream for free. What about best served cold? <laughs> and uh, and we all had a bit of a snigger about that. I mean, not hilarious or anything, but there was also a kind of an element of, of, of um, revenge in that a little bit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. There's a touch of the uh, of the old sort of like, well. Um, you didn't think you'd be hearing from me again, did you? For yeah, yeah. You know, attitude, really. It and, took... and it's kind of like you know, obviously, revenge is the best of cold. Yeah. And uh, and it, it just kind of best of cold kind of alludes to that as well. So it was, it was a bit of a a side swipe, I suppose, at the music industry a little bit. Um, but I mean, it's not set in stone. It was one of the uh, of a list of ideas that we had. Yeah. Um, I mean, what's in the name? You know. Uh, We'll, uh, I'm sure it might be that, it might be something else. I, I couldn't say at this stage. We're, we're, we've got our heads down um, in the recording process at the moment, and it's, it's difficult to worry about, think about anything else when, yeah. when, when you're trying to get the songs right, if you feel what I mean. Understood, understood. That, that makes sense. So, so being, being a selfish bugger, um, we, can we expect that uh, by, by, by summertime, do you think? Um, hopefully, um, that's what we're looking at. Um, what I will do, Dara, as soon as you think so, flipping nice to call me up and interview <laughs> me. Um, the, the, I will fire over to you um, the rest of the tracks oh, um, superb. that we have recorded at the moment. Um, I'll send them over to you in the next couple of days and you can, you can see what you... Um, I'll send them by WeTransfer like I did the other day. Oh, lovely. That's, all right. Look forward to that. That's great. Lovely. I really appreciate that. Uh, well, uh, well, at least, at least you can hear what, what else we're doing, and um, you know, uh, we appreciate your support. So I've got absolutely no problem with sharing the stuff with you, and I'd be interested to know what you think. Smashing, and I'll, and I'll be sure to play them on the show. And, and I've got one last question for you, and it's it's a bit it's it's semi flippant. It's got nothing to do with music, but it's what I ask everybody. And being that you're a man okay. after my own heart, you're a Yorkshireman, and you're from the northwest, and what, what, what no I, what I, per, no one's perfect, darling. No, no, cracky, no, far from it. But um, <laughs> what, what I always ask is, hypothetically, we've got ice cream for freaks doing an East Coast North American tour. You're around my house, got the kettle on, got a nice cupper in your hand, and I bring out the biscuit tin. But this, it's a special biscuit tin. It's a magic biscuit tin. You can choose okay. any any biscuit from God's green earth, past, present, or even future. What would you choose? Oh wow, that's uh, I wasn't expecting that. That's, uh, no. uh, that's quite a tough one, really. I think possibly a bourbon. Okay. Um, would would be my what I, what I would 
don't really like the tasty ones. Um, I'm kind of um, I'm kind of conservative small thing with with biscuits. I'm, I'm not really a huge biscuit fan, if I'm honest. But probably a bourbon. Are you a dunker? Would be, uh, would be the one I would do up Are you a dunker? A dipper? Uh, absolutely not. No, no. Disgraceful habit. That's no, sacrilege. Absolutely. Just have to check. Have to check. Now, because because I've got this, I've got this, <laughs> I've got this very articulate infographic of all the biscuits concerned with the appropriate artist adjacent to the biscuit. So I will update, I will update that, and I'll send you, I'll send you that in the next couple of days. That would that would be cool. I will fire the tracks over to you um, as and when um, uh, the schedule uh, permits. Lovely. And um, like I say, I'd, I'd be very grateful to know what you think. Pleasure. Um, because uh, without any feedback from anybody, well, you know, there's kind of hardly any point in doing anything, really. Well, I'm going to keep playing the tracks as long as you keep sending them and releasing them. I'll keep playing them, and hopefully we can uh, we can uh, in, in, be influencers of sorts because the, the tracks, as I say, that I've heard thus far are wonderful, and I'm just so happy to be talking to you. I'm so glad that you're back because after Poppy Factory. Well, well, well. Thank you. You should probably thank people like the Blue Nile and Can and XTC and <laughs> the bands that have influenced me all the way down the years. You know, the Beach Boys, the Floyd, Sid Barrett, you know, I could go on forever. Well, the same people, um, the same it's people. It's all old school stuff in a way, but those are the people who I kind of really admire, you know. Yeah, and, and, and fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. And again, my apologies for the technical cock-up, but uh, we got there in the end, didn't we? We did, Dara, and thanks ever so much for phoning me. I really appreciate your interest. Oh, my pleasure. Talk to you soon, yeah? Take care. Okay. okay Try. Take care. Bye. Bye. So, excited about the full length that's coming out next year? I am. That was uh, Ice Cream for Freaks. Thank you, John. Thank you, everybody. That was uh, a wonderful chit-chat. And uh, time for one more song before I trundle off down the motorway in minus twattery out there. I'm going to play one last song by Ice Cream for Freaks. Here is Spaceman.
Spaceman, that's the third and final track we're going to hear this week from them. My thanks to uh, to John and the crew for the interview. And my thanks, of course, go out to you for listening. And uh, do me a favour, as I always uh, grovel and ask you, spread the word, please, nearperfectpitch.com. I'll be back next week for episode 66. Sounds ominous, doesn't it? Uh, all the best. Stay warm, because I know where a lot of you are listening, it is not the best weather. Um, and uh, I'm right in the thick of it here in Ottawa, where it's, honestly it's minus stupidity out there at the moment. So wrap up warm, enjoy the programme, and I'll be back next week with uh, 30 or so more new uh, new tunes for you to get your head around. All the best. Talk soon. ta